first moment you open your mouth and begin to pray your prayer, God said, that's my child. Those are my people. I'm going. He's in this place today. Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, The Origin of a Prayer Warrior's Victory, and was spoken by Pastor Gary Keller. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Once again, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. Praise God. His ears are open to those who are righteous when they pray. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. I speak to you today from this thought, the origin of a prayer warrior's victory. You may be seated. Daniel chapter 10 and verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. If you look at this carefully, you will note that this is not, this prince of Persia is not the son of Nebuchadnezzar. We're not talking about an earthly king. We're talking about the spirit of iniquity, the spirit of the Antichrist, the spirit that had that nation bound at that time. And the prince over that kingdom, the prince of Persia, withstood Daniel for 21 days. But he did not stand alone because God sent the archangel Michael to be with him through those 21 days. If there is one thing that I can confidently say concerning Daniel, it would simply be this, that Daniel was a man of prayer. This prophet prayed three times a day, every day of the year, which means that he got on his knees 1,095 times a year. He prayed in the morning. He prayed at noon. He prayed in the evening. He was truly a prayer warrior. And mark this down today, a prayer warrior will always attract the attention of the adversary. Prayer attracts Satan's attention because if there is one thing that a man of God or a woman of God can engage in that will ultimately, how can I put this, topple, collapse, and notwithstanding overthrow the kingdom of darkness, it is a person of prayer. 
The devil attacks and brings attacks against the body of Christ. And his attack against the body of Christ usually begins by him motivating people to come against the church, against the divine word of God, against the will of God, especially when you have been praying and fasting for 21 days with your New Life Christian Church family. The devil is a professional at using people to come against your prayer life just like he did and like he came against the prayer life of Daniel. He used the men of Babylon. The men of Babylon did not want Daniel's position. They wanted his altar. The altar he prayed at three times a day. Daniel's spiritual battle was not against, this initial battle was not against the prince of Persia, but rather it was against the carnal-minded men of Babylon, men who despised the relationship Daniel had with the Lord God. They did not want Daniel praying to his God. They fought against Daniel's association and against his connection to a higher power. They were determined to destroy the principles of prayer that this man of God lived by. They were against everything that was godly, everything that was holy, everything that was righteous, divine, and blessed by the God of Israel. But Daniel prayed just the same. We find in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed by the king, he went into his house. This writing that was signed by the king meant that he could not pray for 30 days to his God. But Daniel went into his house, his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. You know the story. It wasn't long until an accusation was brought against him. It wasn't long until the courts of the land declared that he had disobeyed the king's decree that had been signed, which meant even though he was a friend of the king, the king could not go back on that which he had signed and Daniel broke the covenant made by the king with his nation and with his people. And so now Daniel has to go to a den of lions. We know that the next morning, the first person at that den of lions, at the opening thereof, was none other than King Nebuchadnezzar. And this was his question as he screamed down into that dungeon where Daniel had spent the night with the lions. Oh, Daniel, was your God able to deliver you? And Daniel's reply was, live forever, O king, my God was able. And because Daniel was a praying man, he was able to walk away from the den of lions with favor. Favor, first of all, with the Lord God because he did not buckle under the pressure of that day. He prayed anyway. He walked away with favor 
with King Nebuchadnezzar, with his Babylonian peers, with his Hebrew brethren that were in that foreign land with him. And on that fateful morning, it became crystal clear that God was on Daniel's side. However, this is where the story gets interesting in our text that I shared with you from Daniel chapter 10. In our text, Satan attacks Daniel now on another level. It's not going to be through men. He, he, he survived that. He survived the den of lions. But now I'm going to come against him myself. Not going to send men to do my job. I myself, as the prince over the heir of Persia, I am going to unleash my fury against him. And he unleashes hell's fury against Daniel, not by man, but by evil spirits. And this, my brothers and sisters, is called spiritual warfare. Daniel 10, 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. He withstood me one and 20 days. I fought against that spirit for 21 days, but I was not alone. Michael, one of God's archangels, remained there with me in this battle. It's not the first time Michael has been called upon. We find in Jude 1, yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, disputed about the body of Moses, doth not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. Daniel came, or excuse me, Michael came from another world to contend over the dead body of Moses. As, and you know the story, and I'll not relive the story with you today, but the devil wanted the body of Moses because God took him to the mountains and took his life. He did not go into the promised land, and God buried Moses himself, and nothing more than, there's nothing any more that the devil would want than to dig that body up and parade the dead body of Moses before all the armies of, of the enemies of Israel to show that their leader had fallen, and God said the devil's going to try to dig that body up. Michael, go down there and take care of it. And so we find time and time again where Michael the angel was dispatched to confront the prince and the power of the air. And Michael said to him, the Lord rebuke thee. Just as Daniel was met head on by the prince of Persia who withstood him for 21 days, the church, you and I, Mark it down. We will be confronted by every evil spirit the devil can bring against us in these last days. Where in times past, you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Ephesians 2 and 2 says, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. If there is ever an hour when we are seeing the fulfillment of Paul's writings to the church in Ephesus, in Ephesians 2 and 2, he said, in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. 
to bring it down to 2019 where in time past before God saved you, before God brought you out, before God turned your life around, before God filled you with his power, you used to walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We understand that that's where we were at one time. But praise God, the church has broken through the prince and the power of the air. Just like Daniel broke through the prince of Persia, you and I will now face in this last hour things that we have never faced before. Not coming to us through man, but it's coming through to us through evil spirits that control this world and control men. And we see today that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not against man to man. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities. We wrestle against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world. We wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I come to this pulpit with a message from the Holy Ghost today that God is still God, that God still has authority. And it begs the question, what is the answer for all that we are facing as a nation today when they are declaring abortion right up to the very moment of birth. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't get political across this pulpit, but that is murder. That is taking the life of a child. That is wrong. And there's something behind that. It's not just man, but there is a spirit of iniquity and the spirit of evil and the prince and the power of the air that's trying to destroy this society. And today we're facing those spirits. It's not just a Democrat or a Republican or an independent. I don't care what class you are in when it comes to politics. Not going to debate that, but I am going to tell you this, that it is the spirit of the Antichrist when you can take the life of a child that's full term or the life of a child at its conception. There's where life begins. And when you take that life, you are killing that child. You are taking that child's life. And God's going to judge you, America. God's going to judge this world. God's going to judge murder. Thou shalt not kill. It goes back to the very beginning of the Ten Commandments. What is the answer for all that we're facing as a community? I sat down with our sheriff. I talked to Dave Phelan personally at the end of last year. What's our number one problem in this community, in Fairfield County. And he was so quick to tell me that the problem is drugs. We're facing that. It's not just drugs, but there is a spirit behind that. And all that we're facing as a church, the enemy does not want there to be a strong church. 
that produces strong results. He doesn't want there to be strong families. So he comes against a nation. He comes against a community, a church, a family. He brings division to families. He comes against you as an individual. So I don't care what class you put it in. You can talk about a nation. He's trying to destroy the nation. You can talk about the community of Fairfield County. He's trying to destroy the community. The church, he's absolutely bringing everything he can against the church. Families, the first institution that God ordained, he's been against it from the Garden of Eden until now. An individual, he does not want you to have victory. And it begs the question, where is the answer? What is the answer? Here is the answer as I see it today in Mark chapter 9. I preached from this a few weeks ago, but I'm adding verse 28 and 29. And straightway the father of the child, demonic child, filled with demonic spirits, said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. The spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, The child is dead. But Jesus took the boy by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house after this episode, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast that devil out? We tried to cast him out. Why was it, Lord, that we could not cast him out? And Jesus said unto his disciples in verse 29, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and by fasting. If you want to know what the answer is to our nation, our community, our church, our families, individuals, the answer is we have to have God on our side. And to have God on our side, we have to pray and we have to fast. I take you back to Jude 1. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, watch this, disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring against him a railing accusation. What does that mean? That means Michael said, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to sit down at a negotiating table. We're not going to get an arbitrator between us. I'm not saying nothing to you because I know when you open your mouth, you lie. John 8, says that the devil is a liar and the father of it. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for there is no truth in him. And Michael said, when the enemy came to him and said, let's talk about this, Michael said, not even going to bring an accusation against you, not even going to argue with you, not going to sit down at a negotiating table with you. This is all I have to say. The Lord rebuke thee. In the Amplified Bible, but even the Archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil Satan and arguing about the body of Moses, did not dare bring 
and abusive condemnation against him, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. I love the message Bible where Michael said this to the devil at that moment. Don't you, do, do you, uh, no you don't. Here it is. No you don't. God will take care of you. I love that. Hallelujah. If the enemy's coming against you, don't sit down at the negotiating table. Don't compromise with him. Don't draw a DMZ zone and think he's going to stay on his side of it. Don't sit down and, and, and work out a deal with the devil. You've got to be like Michael was and said, no, you don't. God will take care of you. I don't know what spirits you're fighting. I don't know what devils you're up against. I don't know what the enemy's trying to do to you and your future, but I do know this. In you, when you come against him, I dare you, I challenge you, I plead with you, I implore you to look the devil in the eye and say, God will take care of you. God's going to take care of you. Get, I wish somebody would say, get thee behind me in the name of Jesus. I adjure you by the power of the name of Jesus to leave us alone, hallelujah, and God will be on your side. I know, I know, Brother Mike Lehman, you're here today. I know there was not a favorable report when I visited with you in the hospital on Friday. I know that there's not a favorable report when they discharged you from the hospital yesterday. And you told me yesterday, I will be at church Sunday. I've never seen anybody that's got faith like you have in God in the midst of all that you're going through. And God's not only going to touch you, he's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And I take authority in the name of Jesus over everything the devil's brought against your mind and against your spirit and greater is he that's in this church and we're going to believe God to set you free and touch you and fill you with the Holy Ghost receive ye the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus I walked out of the fireplace room into my office opened my phone up and there was a text message from Sister Coleman. And she said, please pray for Brother Bob Addington. He got a very serious negative report. Well, we come in the name of Jesus. On behalf of Bob Addington, our missionary retired from New Zealand, we come in the name of Jesus. I don't know if you've just come to play church and hear a pretty sermon, but I've come today to tell you that greater is he that's in you. I'm, I'm finished. I'm finished with the devil taking control of our families and our marriages and our health. I'm finished with it. It's time for God to show up. And for God to show up, somebody's got got to pray. Somebody's got to fast. Somebody's got to believe God. Somebody's got to stand on his word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Got a text message this morning from Brother Tim Cornmiller. 
He fall, he fell. You know he's got a bad back. He fell yesterday. They took him to the Logan Hospital, and last night I prayed with him on the phone, and uh, he said, I think my back is broken. Received a text message from him this morning. They've transported him to St. Anne's in Columbus. Don't know what the full extent of that is. I do know that I've got a good friend, Mike Tumanella, that's in a hospital in Dallas, 70 years old, an evangelist. He's on life support today. I'm just telling you that God has a purpose. God is able right now, right this moment, in the name of Jesus to touch Mike Lehman. God is able right now to touch Brother Addington. God is able to touch Brother Tim Cornmiller. God is able to touch Brother Mike Tumanella. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something today. This is my message. You're getting ready to hear my message. Praise God. Sometimes, and I feel a little resistant resistance, not from you, but from another world, not his world. I feel a little resistance today because the devil doesn't want us to get this. This is what he doesn't want you to get. He wants you to say, well, we prayed, we fasted for 21 days and look at everything that we're facing. He wants you to walk out of here discouraged. He wants you to walk out of here thinking that he's got the upper hand. But can I tell you, Lord, have mercy, can I tell you that Daniel did not have to pray 21 days before God showed up. God did not wait for 21 days. Listen to verse 13, our text. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And God sent Michael the archangel to help me. But if you go to the preceding verse, it goes like this. Then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. In other words, the first day that you prayed, I didn't wait till the 21st day to show up. I've been here every day with you, and I want to preach to somebody. God didn't show up last Sunday because it was our 21st day, the very first moment you opened your mouth and began to pray your prayer. God said, that's my child. Those are my people. I'm going. He's in this place today. I give him glory and honor and praise and adoration because the king of kings is in this house today. The Lord God was with Daniel from that first day. That's why David said in Psalm 86 and 7, in the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. That's why Isaiah penned these words in 65, 24, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Hallelujah. Did, did, did you hear that? 
Did you hear that scripture? Can I read that for you again? It shall come to pass that before they even pray, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The moment you open your mouth, the moment you say your prayer, the moment you ask, seek, and knock, the moment you step out by faith, God is hearing you from that point on. Hallelujah. I've got to preach to somebody. Let me ask a question before I go on today. Are there any overcomers in this house today? If you don't know, then I'm going to help you. Are there any overcomers in this house today? Is there anyone that you're tired of the, the adversary of your soul running roughshod over you? Is there anybody that wants to walk out of here today with authority and power and dominion and the Spirit of God on your side? Is there anybody here that wants victory today? Is there anybody here that understands from the very first day you prayed, God was already there and he was with you? Hallelujah. I know that I've, I've shared a lot of things with you that we need to pray about, but I just want to pause and take a moment and look right over here to this section on the fourth row and the man that's on the end of the fourth row with a blue shirt on. I just want to pause and, 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 and just uh, he just stood up. I don't know if you know Jeff Eden or not, but he's standing up with both hands raised in the air because he's been dealing with something and the doctors have been dealing with it for a long time and he got the answer on Friday that everything came back negative. Hallelujah. And I don't know if anybody wants to praise God, but God's no respecter of persons and God will walk right across the aisle and touch Mike Lehman. He'll walk back there and touch you. Hallelujah. Our God is able. And from the first moment you prayed, God heard your prayer. Come on, somebody. Come on, overcomers. Come on, overcomers. Come on, overcomers. Let's overcome. The scripture goes like this. 1 John 5 and 4. But whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Whatsoever is born of God. It's a given. It's automatic. If you're born of God, you're going to... If you are born of God, you're going to overcome the world. And this is the V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, that O-V-E-R-C-O-M-E-T-H, the world, even our faith. Repeat after me, prayer, fasting, faith. Somebody said, I am an overcomer. <laughs> and I just, I just happened yesterday afternoon to get to thinking about this moment in this sermon. And all day yesterday, I worked on this sermon and I reworked it and I reworked it. And, and I changed things and, and, and I put some time in this message 
But this is the part that I probably put the most time in because this is the pivotal point of this exhortation today. We've got to understand that we are overcomers. And if you don't think that, then look at the church that was prophesied to in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. Because if you look at those scriptures carefully, you'll find in Revelation 2, 7, to him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life. Hey, devil, I'm an overcomer, and I'm going to eat from the tree of life. I, I may only live my 70 years down here, but I'm going to live forever someday because I am an overcomer. And because I'm an overcomer, I've got life and life more abundantly. Revelation 2.11, he that overcometh shall not be hurt by the second death. That means there are some people going to hell, the second death. But I got news for you. Not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. I came to this place and brought the ticket Adam and Eve gave to me. And the last Adam took my first ticket that I got from the first Adam. And the last Adam gave me a ticket that said heaven on it. The first Adam gave me a ticket that said hell. But now I've got a ticket that says heaven. If you want to know why I'm celebrating today, I'm on my way to heaven. Hallelujah. I've exchanged my ticket. I've got rid of the old Adamic nature. To him that overcometh shall not be hurt by the second death. Go down six more verses. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. We've got hidden manna today. The world doesn't really open it up. It's hid to them, the wise and the prudent, but it's revealed unto babes. This is the hidden manna. This is not just another book. This is not just a historical book. This is not just a book that tells us about archaeology and things that happened in the past. This is a book that is alive. These words are alive. Jesus said in John 66, chapter 6, verse 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Let me tell you about this book. It changed me. It rearranged me. It brought me out of darkness. I've hidden. I've got the hidden manna. I know what it's like to be lost. I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to be thirsty. I know what it's like to be outside of the ark of safety, but I found the hidden manna and it's in the word of God today and the overcomers are going to have the manna revealed to them in this last hour. Go down to verse 26. He that overcometh and keepeth my works until the end. You got to stay faithful to the end. To him will I give power over all nations. Doesn't matter what this world does or how they construct everything or how they put political schemes together, nation to nation, nation to nation, and country to country. The Lord said, I'm going to give you power over that. Revelation 3 5, he that overcometh will, I, oh Lord, have mercy in the name of Jesus. Somebody's got to listen to this. If you're an overcomer, I'm here to encourage you today. He that overcometh, I will not blot his name out of the book of life. You want to know where my name is? It's not just in Saul. Lake City. It's not just among the Mormons' books that keep them. And I saw my name there. My name is there. But let me tell you where my name is written. It's written down in the book of life. I'm an overcomer. And my name is written down in heaven. Watch this carefully. Hallelujah. 
Lord, Revelation 3.12, him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of God. You want to know why this church is still standing after 2,000 years and why the church is still here? Because there's been some overcomers through the generations. Hallelujah. He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from God. Hallelujah. And I will write upon him a new name. You want to know why? I'm excited today. I'm an overcomer. Hallelujah. And I'm like old Johnny James that preached for us. And what a great, fantastic preacher he was. And he said to his Muslim friends, I know that you want to call me John Doe. You want me to call you John Doe, uh, you know, uh, Muhammad. And he said, that's fine as long as you call me Johnny James Jesus. Praise God. You can put Muhammad behind your name. But if you want to know who I am, I'm Johnny James Jesus. Can I preach to somebody? I will write upon you a new name. My mother and my father gave me the name of Gary Allen spelled the right way A-L-A-N. There are some people who misspell it A-L-L-E-N. Wrong. Bad. Sorry about that. The real way to spell Allen is A-L-A-N K-E-L-L-E-R not K-E-L-L-E-Y not Mac Keller. The real name that I got, the name that's important to me is Gary Allen Keller. Hallelujah. That would be me I am present but guess what happened when I was 13 years old God wiped all of that out and said now here's your new name it's Gary Allen Keller Jesus I will write a new name down can I tell you who I am I'm the child of God I've been born again of the water and the spirit I belong to a higher power he's my father and I'm his son and you're his son and you're his daughter that's why we call each other brother and sister around here because we've got the same name because we're overcomers through the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on somebody clap your hands under the Lord. Revelation 321. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Not only are we going to be raptured out of here and go to the marriage supper of the Lamb while the great tribulation is going on here, but at the end of seven years of the marriage supper of the Lamb, when we fulfill Revelation 3.21, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. At the end of the seven years of tribulation, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get up from the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're going to get up and walk with him to the stables. And he's going to get on a white horse. Hallelujah. And with ten thousands of his saints, he's coming back to the Mount of Olives. And Israel's going to see him and ask him, who put those nail prints in your hands? And what are those scars on your forehead? And what is that side scar that you have in your side? And he's going to reveal to them, I was hurt and I was wounded in the house of my friends. You see, he's coming back on a white horse, the Bible says in Revelation. 
salvation. And the first time Jesus went into Jerusalem, he went in on a donkey. And the donkey was the beast of burden. The horses were reserved for war. There's a symbolism there. Jesus was saying to us even today, the first time I came to Jerusalem, I came on business. They stretched me high. They stretched me wide. They, they, they crucified me on Golgotha's hill because the first time I rode into Jerusalem, I rode in on business. But I'm not coming back for business the next time. I'm coming back for war. And I'm coming back on a white horse which signifies I'm coming back to destroy the works of hell. Let me just tell you right now, God's given us authority and power to overcome now. And in that day, he's going to over and Satan shall be bound for a thousand years and will have no tempter then when Jesus shall come back to earth again. I'm preaching to somebody about our, our heritage that's ahead of us. If you're an overcomer, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, because there's a victory coming your way. Glory to God. Revelation 21, 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But my favorite one of Revelation is found in the 12th division and the 11th verse. And they overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Hallelujah. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. I come to this pulpit on this Sunday morning to rebuke the devourer. I come in the authority of the word of God to rebuke the devourer. I come here today to plead the blood of Jesus over every person in this room. And I come to this pulpit today to give God the praise. I have come now in the name of Jesus to rebuke the devourer. Hallelujah. Satan, take your hands off of every young person. Devil, take your hands off of every marriage. Take your hands off of every family. Take your hands off of our altars. Take your hands off of our community. In the name of Jesus, we claim those that are strung out on drugs. In the name of Jesus, touch those, hallelujah, that are making a decision about abortion. We plead the blood of Jesus over them. I'm just preaching my heart today. Hallelujah. We're going to be overcomers. He overcame them. Hallelujah. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. I plead the blood of the lamb of Jesus over your mind, over your heart, over your spirit, over your body, over this church, over our future. I plead the blood today. And I thank you, Lord, that by the word of our testimony, we shall be overcomers. No, don't, don't, don't clap. It's not time to clap yet. I'm going to give you a signal in just a moment. And I want everybody to clap. Are you ready? Jeremiah said, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time. Not just the first time, but the second time while he was yet shut up in the courts of the prison. Wait, wait, wait just a minute. When, when did God show up? Surely God would have showed up before you got into that situation. Surely he would have shown up before you wind up in that situation. 
No, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was shut up in the court of the prison saying, the Lord said, it's about as bad as it gets for you, Jeremiah, but that can't stop my word. I heard a young preacher one time, you may have heard this, I heard a young preacher one time say something like this, that only God, according to the Old Testament, can walk on water. I heard that somewhere on a Sunday morning in February of 2019. I heard a young preacher say something about only God can walk on the water. And then the young preacher talked about Simon Peter being in a boat and the Lord said, come. Well, Simon Peter was walking on the word. Come unto me. And when he stepped out, he was walking on the promise of the word. I wish somebody, no matter where you're at, the Lord, while I was in prison, the second time shut up, the Lord said, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it and established it, the Lord is his name, and called unto me, call unto me and I will answer and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah in prison. Just like the word of the Lord came to Simon Peter in a boat. Just like the word of God is coming to somebody today and you're saying I cannot do this. There's no way I can step out. You should see where I'm going to go. You ought to see how deep the problem is. You to see how I'm going to sink down. No, my friend, I don't see how far you're going to sink down. You're getting ready to step out on the word of God. The word of God's coming to where you are at. And when you... When you take a step of faith, by the time your foot hits that water, God is going to be underneath you, supporting you, lifting you up, securing you. Come on, somebody. The word of God is in your prison today. I hear the Lord, and I preached this a few weeks ago, but it just came back to me right now. I'm almost finished. The word of the Lord. Jesus said to Simon Peter and the disciples who were out in the boat fishing, Jesus said, cast your nets launch out into the deep. They knew because they were fishermen, they fished all their lives. They knew that at that time of the day, there were no fish in the deep. That at that time of the day, the fish go to shallow water, shallow waters. They knew there were no fish in the deep. But they must have known Psalm 8 and 8 that says God controls the fish of the sea. And I believe personally that when Jesus said to them, launch out into the deep, 
I believe there were no fish in the deep. I also believe that the moment Simon Peter made this statement, Lord, there are no fish in the deep, but nevertheless, at thy word. And I believe the moment he let go of that net, God said, fish, go there. And by the time that net hit that water, there were fish. And some of you are saying, I can't get out of this dilemma. I can't step, but nevertheless, at thy word, I'm going to step out and be an overcomer. Come on, somebody. There's a victory in this house today, and there's a victory in this house for you. So here's my message. Here's my message. It didn't take God 21 days to get here. The first day you prayed your prayer, he said, that's my child. He said, that's my child. Hallelujah. Let me just go through this today. I feel like I need to share this with you. I'm closing. The musicians are coming. Watch this carefully. If you believe this, say amen. Prayer can touch and transform a life. Prayer can revolutionize a family. Prayer can change a relationship. Prayer can alter the course of this church body. One man's prayer can reach out and rescue a lost soul. The prayers you pray, let me just preach to you what I feel in my heart that we need to understand today. The prayers you pray can help and heal broken lives, broken bodies, broken homes, broken spirits, broken families, broken relationships. When we pray, God will save souls. When we pray, needs will be met. When we pray, the eternal God will absolutely alter everything in our path to fulfill his will. When we pray, altars will be filled with hungry hearts. Lives will be changed. Hearts will be touched. Revival will happen. It goes something like this from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 17. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I'm convinced that the reason some people do not pray is because they fail to understand the fact that God still answers prayer just like he did 6,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, and in 2018, our God still answers prayer after we've rolled into a new year. And the answer is this. You want to know what the answer is? It's in James chapter 5 and verse 16, the effectual fervent 
prayer of a righteous man availeth much for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil hallelujah it's time to pray and that concludes this podcast if you enjoyed this podcast please like share and subscribe and for those of you on iTunes leave us a good rating Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.